Is Jeff Sessions the latest Russian spy in the Trump administration? I'm just kidding. But seriously, why won't the Russia meme die? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday afternoon, usually from 3 to 6. Unless I make room for basketball like I did today, I am just starting now. It's 4.30 and I will be on till 7 o'clock. So you haven't missed anything and we have plenty of time to get it all in. Uh, and there is, as usual, so much going on. I am... Not 100% sure I have kept completely up on the news this week. Uh, I had a my 11-year-old who's super sick. He, I mean, he doesn't have like some crazy illness. At least I don't think so. But he had a fever. And I was like super worried about him. And I was giving him, like I was making fresh squeezed lemonade and chicken soup because I thought... Uh, you know, it'd be better for him to have this fresh stuff, all the vitamins. And my husband, who's fr- uh, traveling, is calling me worried about the kid. And he, he's from Texas. <laughs> he says, did, you know, is he eating? And I said, yeah, I made him chicken soup, fresh lemonade. He said, what? What are you talking about? The kid needs a steak. You have to give him a steak. <laughs> he needs nourishment. <laughs> So I thought that was hilarious because I'm from New York. Chicken soup is what you give somebody when they're sick. And, of course, my husband thinks he needs a steak. But in any case, I was a little behind in my news coverage because I was super worried about this kid. And But still, getting through all of that noise was the Jeff Sessions You know, I want to call it a dust-up, but it was really a blow-up. I mean, it was such a big, big deal. And I just felt like, uh, you know, it was so overblown. But as I peeled the onion, I felt like there was more and more to the story. So I want to uh, get into all that. Um, Binkley, I think we did, even though I was super busy, we did manage to get a... Uh, record a propaganda report did you um how can people get to that they can go to propagandareportdaily.com and on the right they will see a little apple they can subscribe there and the latest episode is up on the site and we should tell people that we're being censored on youtube because (laughs) of our type of material so we need all the subscribers we can get it's true that if you depending on what you write in your comments or in your title they it can it'll stop monetizing not that we i don't i don't think we even get our stuff monetized but still it's just the principle of it that they uh they kind of freeze it when it's got trigger words in it so for all the snowflakes out there i guess <laughs> so it's a, maybe it's a little edgier than what that what we uh than what they can tolerate so anyway so that's good and if you want uh I'll be back on 3 to 6 every Saturday pretty soon. And if you want to see here, uh, if you, but if you ever do miss the show, you can go to propagandareportdaily.com, and I always put the podcast of the show up with those other podcasts that we do. And uh, so, so here's the thing. This was the Jeff Sessions story. I know if you've at all paid attention to the news – You've heard about it, probably ad nauseum, as they say. But even with all the coverage, I don't feel like it's 
was really covered accurately. So what happened, just in a nutshell, is Al Franken, Senator Al Franken, for who I will never stop thinking of uh, as Stuart Smalley. (laughs) I just cannot think of him. And in this particular question, when he was delivering it, like he just had this Stuart Smalley smirk on his face. He was reading to Jeff Sessions this uh, news story from CNN, like hot off the presses. And he was like, I really don't know if there's any truth to this. I'm just reading it to you as I receive it. And I'm thinking this guy probably has a staff of like 50 people. And he's, you know, he, he can't, this is the best he can do is like the latest off of CNN. And what he's saying in a really obviously not thought out way was basically was any Trump can Trump surrogate or campaign member colluding with the Russians in an effort to influence the election and it was such a ridiculous question delivered so poorly based on uh, not real information that Sessions was kind of laughing a little bit and he said well I don't you know people called me a surrogate and I didn't do that so I don't know what to tell you that was the impression I got of what Sessions was trying to express. And then uh, what happened after that is they the somebody realized, remembered, discovered, revealed that Sessions in 2016 had rubbed elbows with the Russian ambassador a couple of times in what appeared to me to be diplomatic situations, ambassador uh, appropriate situations. He's probably rubbed elbows with that ambassador and other ambassadors every single year that he's been senator. But both the obviously the Democrats have been going nuts on him. Uh, I really I'm, I mean, I'll play you the Franken clip just so you can hear it. But really uh, that that you just need that as a background for the Pelosi clip I'm going to play you where she just really, in my opinion, goes really crosses a line in how she treats Sessions on this. But even the Wall Street Journal and uh, and Republicans are misrepresenting the story, calling for Sessions to recuse himself from any investigation that involves the Russians and the election, which he did. And I, I mean, I would say, normally I'm like, yeah, whatever, what difference does it make? Just recuse yourself. Pelosi was calling for him to resign. But then I started thinking about it, and I realized that this Russian stuff, in in my opinion, I don't know where it's going. I'm not saying it's not going to hurt anybody and it's not going to go anywhere, but it seems highly trumped up to me, very much a witch hunt, which Trump was made fun of for calling it. But you know, they, they're not calling for a an assessment of the integrity of the election. They're They're simply calling for trying to find this one thing that would implicate their enemy. But the... I think it it really has no merit. That's my instinct. It just feels so circus-like. And Sessions is kind of a hard ass. I think that he would get to the bottom of it. I think he would very convincingly dismiss it. And I think that he would uh, just kind of put an end to it, stop it from progressing anywhere. And I think that's why they wanted to get rid of him uh, right away. I think that they they wanted to put a, a stop to him, particularly in this particular incident, which is why I think he should not have recused himself, because I think he would have played an important role in in cutting this nonsense off at the knees. And uh, 
but he did, and that's the end of that. Uh, but I do want to talk about. I want to. I'll play the Franken clip. I'll play the Pelosi clip. And the way she's just absolutely indignant and outraged about this towards him. Uh, and then I want to play a game that we're probably going to play a lot for the next four years. But Obama did worse, you know, or the Obama administration did it, too. And nothing happened because there are absolutely much worse examples of what she calls a violation of trust or whatever. I mean, I would say down to the point where. These are serious. There, there were serious infractions on the part of Eric Holder, um, Obama. Uh, talk about colluding with the Russians. I've got a smoking gun for you there with Obama that I want to share to you, share with you later on in the show, probably starting at the bottom of the hour. But I want to hear first what you think. What you know? Am I wrong? Anybody? If you want to disagree with me, if I'm missing something on the Jeff Sessions assessment. Let me know. Um, I also love to hear from people who agree with me. But uh, either way, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And I also want to get to some tweets at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, do you uh, have any tweets for us that um, can kind of illuminate what people are thinking about this? I have a comment that we got on the website from Gail. She was talking about Sessions. She says, say what you will about Sessions. If anyone needs a reason to stand up and support him, here's one. He's taking a very dangerous – or he's taking on a very dangerous task by going after the pedophiles. We need to pray that he doesn't get taken out. You know, I didn't hear him say that he was going to go for the pedophiles. I Did he ever say that? I – I've read where he has said it, but I don't have a source for that. I know Trump has talked about uh, traffic, human trafficking. Yes, human trafficking. I did hear that, but I, I'm thinking, uh, you know, elite pedophiles like what Jeffrey Epstein did and yeah. what the PizzaGate scandal is about. If I've never heard any hint of that from those guys, that would be awesome. But I feel like. Uh, that kind of stuff just gets buried. You know, they never go after those kind of guys. But I feel like it's a little bit of a stretch to say that that's what this is about. I really feel like the Sessions thing is squarely uh, – I, I mean, I'm sure they don't want him. I'm going to actually play a, a clip. Uh, I, don't, I don't have time right now, but I'll play it in a little bit of, like, what a tough cookie Sessions is and how I'm sure that if they could have blocked his appointment, they would have, but they really would have no grounds to do that. The next best thing would just get him off of this particular case. So anyway, you got another one? Yes, I have one from Incendiary. This is in response to your tweet about why demonize Russia with the whole Sessions thing. And he says, my wife and I were just talking about this, and my theory is that Russia is an easy historic bad guy target, and this is just distracting from all the real issues. I, I absolutely think this is a huge distraction from real issues. And the stuff that's coming out today, Trump said Obama tapped my phone in Trump Tower and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, I, even if I'm sure everybody – Obama probably tapped my phone, you know, but it's not Obama. It's the deep state. It's the government that is still there that was there before Obama that's there now. They're definitely doing it to everybody it, or could if they wanted to. And to bring that the, – the culture, the tone of discourse in the halls of power has changed so, so, so much over the years to where if you look back, like Nixon supposedly didn't dispute 
his loss to JFK, even though he thought the election was uh, fraudulent because he didn't want to hurt the country. And then Gore did the exact opposite. And ever since then, I feel like no one's ever thought, could we just keep our mouths shut about this? And uh, for the good of the country, I think Iran-Contra was another big turning point on that, where they went after Reagan on stuff that went on behind the scenes in every administration. And then Operation Fast and Furious was a retaliation for that. Like, you weren't supposed to go after the Republicans on Iran-Contra, so we're going to go after you on Operation Fast and Furious. So I feel like... A lot of this stuff, uh, if it's just getting so shrill and petty uh, that I can't help but think it is quite a distraction from the real issues, real policy issues. I, I, I still want to focus on what are these guys really up to? Is Sessions going to restore the Fourth Amendment? I don't think so. That's what I'm worried about. But for all my differences with Sessions, I still think that he is uh, he, he really worries the Democrats for good reason. So I'm going to get to those clips. Uh, tell me what you think about this, the whole back and forth with Sessions, and I'll, I'll um, play for you Pelosi, what I consider to be her outrage, outraged me. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Give me a call, 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 62 the high today, 37 the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. When we're talking about Jeff Sessions recused himself from, as the Attorney General of the United States, from any investigation into Russian involvement in the U.S. election, even the charges are nebulous. It's this idea that Russia hacked into emails of Hillary Clinton and revealed true information and uh, and generated, maybe supported fake news organizations that put fake information out there. And I feel like the U.S., Media pretty much does both of those things all day long, and they're supported by uh, people who um, certainly came from other countries, George Soros, Rupert Murdoch. And who knows if there's a divided loyalty there? I mean, I, I just want to know. I, I'd actually like to start with understanding what the real charges are here. But in any case, this nonsense, what I think is nonsense, will probably go on for a while because they just took Sessions out and he would have been the gatekeeper. So what do you think about that? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, you could tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Paul in Atlanta. Paul, you're uh, on with Monica. Hi. Uh, I think we need to be very careful about dealing with Russia. I don't trust them. I don't. I don't trust a lot of people in Washington but uh, Obama met with the Russian ambassador like 20 times before the election. So um, they poison people. They invade countries. They're very involved in serial air bombings of villages. Uh, well, we Paul, to- I will say yeah. I, I, uh, I think it's easy for people in any situation, and especially with Russia and Putin, for even when Russia is right, people then – heroize whatever Putin. I, I know people, three different Trump supporters I know, including my mom and Pat Buchanan, both have said great things about Putin. He's a statesman. He loves his country, whatever. Like, just because he gets, um, 
like I think the what they call the annexation of Crimea was really a defensive move on his part. I do not think he was the bad actor there. I am cautious about uh, taking sides like, oh, Russia is good. They're not good. I don't think there are any good guys in world politics. I also think you have to look at the Syria situation. At least the government of Syria asked him in there to help with the uprising, whereas we are kind of operating outside of the law of nations. But anyway, there's a (laughs) – sorry to interject that. Go. Can I say something? Yep. Russia is using air bombardment of apartment buildings and condominiums in Syria. It's destroying – How do you know? uh, How do I know? There are photographs in the Washington Post. It's hard to verify. It's hard to verify the real facts behind images like that. These are these are verified by the Department of Defense and the Army. They're, they're, well, you know, if you're looking at, you know, our Department of Defense and Army and stuff are actually licensed to misrepresent stuff like that to get their own uh, to get support for the actions they feel are in our interests. Well, I would disagree with you on that. I don't think they're making up lies. I think that uh, Amnesty International is also a witness to what is going on. I think if you look up the Smith-Munt Amendment, where they said finally they're allowed to turn that kind of propaganda on Americans, you'll see that they're – and it actually escalated tremendously. How do you Hmm? spell that? Smith-Munt, M-U-N-D-T, the Smith-Munt Amendment. It was passed in 2013, and it stopped the ban on turning propaganda – on a domestic audience. So now they're allowed to, it's really, I've done a lot of work on it. And if you investigate a bit, I think you will find. Well, uh, it was the last they're... story written by Michael Hastings before he died. The, uh, the reporter who did that McChrystal. There, uh, there are hundreds of thousands of witnesses to what has been going on in Syria. And they're living in Germany. They're living in Italy. They're living in Sweden. There are real making up their stories. There's a real dispute. You could also get just as many, if not more, people who would say uh, that. And actually, there was a defense intelligence agency report that you could find at the Levant Levant something uh, website under uh-huh. Michael Flynn. Under Michael Flynn, that said, we want a Salafist principality, which is a synonym for Islamic State, to arise on the Syria-Iraq border in order to justify regime change in Syria. It's it's 2012. Michael Flynn did not deny it. I did a recent uh, work on that. There is there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes there that I would not. What you see is what you get out of the Washington Post. I don't. I don't agree with you. I think. I think these theories are far fetched. That's not a theory. That's a proven fact. It's documented. He was interviewed about it. It's there. It's. I can. I, I can put it. I'll post it to my Facebook on the break. Okay. So, Thank but, <laughs> but the the idea is that you know you know what's I and all that being said, I still do not. Uh, defend uh, Putin as some kind of of good actor. I don't think he would defend the Bill of Rights against a government surveillance any more than our own government is doing for us. I just think that we are using Russia as an excuse to scare people like a tweet we got earlier. It's a ready-made boogeyman. But boy, there is a lot to talk about on this front. 404-872-0750. 
1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show, and I'll play those awesome, outrageous Pelosi clips at the top of the hour. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I'm on a little later tonight. I'll be on till 7. But I'll be back to my normal schedule soon. And you can always catch up on podcasts you haven't heard through my websites, uh, MonicaPerezShow.com and PropagandaReportDaily.com. And I, I just, before the break, had a call from Paul, and we uh, were disputing some facts about Syria and uh, how to get sources for information, stuff like that. And we were, uh, I was citing some references that he wasn't aware of, and I went ahead and I had done some work on both of them. One was the Smith-Munt Amendment about how the government can propagandize U.S. audiences for for their purposes, military purposes, or to get political support for military activities, stuff like that. Uh, I I stuck that to the top of MonicaPerezShow.com, and then at PropagandaReportDaily.com, I stuck at the top episode 28 of my podcast, Propaganda Report, where I have a lot of show notes in there with links about Michael Flynn when he was the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, and they put out a report that said it was confidential internal report, which leaked, which said, and he owned it later. He did not say it was fake or anything like that. I also have that video on there where he said they wanted a Salafist principality to arise between Syria and Iraq so that they could have an excuse to unseat Assad. And that might only be the tip of the iceberg. I mean, because we know that Saudi Arabia, our close allies, fund that stuff. So who knows how deep that rabbit hole goes. But then I had a call who didn't want to stay on, go on the air, but said, how do you know what to believe? How do you, if you, you don't believe what's in the Washington Post, which was the source that Paul cited, who do you believe? You know, right? And I, and I would say this, is that uh, the, uh, I look for evidence. I look for documentation. I will always click through on their links, which, by the way, they rarely actually have all their links. So what I do is try to investigate where they got that information. What was the basis of that claim? And sometimes it's just, I mean, it can really get circular. Oftentimes in the mainstream media, I'm talking, I've seen it in the New York Times, Washington Post, for sure, um, National Review. I mean, everything from the mainstream media to the side stream media will refer to other media reports and there will never be any evidence and, or you'll see anonymous sources, uh, people not authorized to comment. That kind of stuff really has to be backed up. It cannot be taken at face value. So I try to trace it all the way back. I saw a Fox News report that showed a video of the chemical weapons being deployed in Syria against the children. And I recognized the video as being a video that was on Syrian news. 
I had been just trying to do a lot of different broad research. It was on Syrian news. It was a picture of a rebel hideout. The rebels were the ones who used the chemical weapons. And, of course, it was obviously that because it was a cave. You know, The government doesn't use a cave. So, you know, it had like cellophane and rubber bands around it. And the rebels had gotten the chemicals all over themselves and went to the hospital. And that's how they were. And I have that on my YouTube video. So you can you 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 know what you know. And you like Rumsfeld used to say, you know, you know, no knowns and known unknowns. You just don't know. You have to distinguish between having faith in the source and being to verif- being able to verify the information. And as long as you can tell the difference between those two things, you can pile all those facts into your head. But, uh, you know, to actually condone war or the use of violence by your agents and governments, I think you need more than that. I actually call that the St. Peter test. Like when you're at your judgment day, are you going to say, well, I read it in the Washington Post, you know, that is not an ex- you know a justification for the authorization of um, your agents and government to use force. But I just rattled off a lot of stuff. Binkley, my producer here, will um, you want to reiterate if people want to get those sources, maybe how they can go back to some of these podcasts and go to some uh, get some of these references? Because what we do with the podcasts are we uh, make copious notes. So if I throw something like that out in the podcast, I will go back and write show notes and put all the links in. I mean, it's really copious. So uh, it's a great resource for these kinds of digging into the real story. So tell people what to do. Monica gives fantastic show notes, very Ah, detailed. I've always been great at memo. (laughs) You can find it on propagandareportdaily.com and the show notes are going to be with every show article and every post. Yeah. So, and then you can also, if you just want to hear the podcast, we post those on iTunes, but you can find it all at propagandareportdaily.com. So, uh, but let's get back to, let me, let me take this call. Let me go to Jack in Kennesaw. We were going to, I want to get back on track with the Jeff Sessions talk. Hey, Jack, you're on with Monica. Uh, hey, Monica. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with most of the things you're saying about, about uh, Jeff Sessions. Uh, I guess my biggest thing yeah. that I'd like to know more about is uh, we, we, we know all of this got started with, with Trump wanting to have a better relationship with Russia and the Putin's a killer thing and everything else that came, that's come out with that. What is the difference in that and what Obama did with Cuba? Everybody knows that Fidel and Raul Castro are killers. What is the difference with, with what Obama's, Obama's group did and what Trump is trying to do? That's very interesting. And I actually do. I, I know we're going to play a game for the next four years called Obama did worse or Obama did the same thing. And I mean, in this particular instance, I think there are numerous examples of it for for me. I really wondered how come the Democrats would demonize Russia anyway, since Russia was the the was the Soviet Union. But this is the post communist russia you know what i mean it's it's the it's the worst it's like czarist russia to them it's nationalist russia it's it is not a um you know pillar to international communism the way cuba remains i think it's just ideological or at least fits in with their their um framework right and we've completely turned over everything that we had in place for cuba completely reversed it under the obama administration yeah, and nobody blinks an eye. I, I'm actually, I can see both sides of the argument with, um, I personally, I understand the free trade issue and all that. We have, and I was always taught, the government uh, you know, shouldn't determine, 
I should I should put that differently. My parents actually boycotted China and thought that it was awful that Nixon opened the doors to China. They thought they had slave labor and that we should not deal with them. Whereas Ron Paul, who, I mean, my parents are libertarian, so is Ron Paul. He thinks you open the door and let the people decide. So my parents to this day don't buy from China and would never buy from Cuba either, I'm sure. But there is uh, an argument to be made uh, on both sides, whether you're open a place or you close it as a political thing. But the But this idea of demonizing Russia, I think, is quite dangerous, whereas the Cuba thing, only to the extent they had a relationship with Russia, were they ever really dangerous to us or, you know, cultural infiltration maybe. But this thing with Russia, I mean, I I don't understand where it's going. Do you think that that this is going to progress to something truly dangerous, or do you think it's it's simply politicking at home? I I think it's politicking at home, and I think as long as they think they can gain points by pushing it, they can push it. I, I don't know why the, the the Republicans are not fighting back over the whole Cuba thing. I mean, there's no difference in the two policies. That, uh, we'd like a better relationship with everybody that we trade with and everything else. Uh, maybe we can have them and maybe we can. That's all That's all Trump has said uh, to get out of this started, which is very strange. They made a big deal out of the, out, out of the killer thing, but uh, uh, we, all know, we all know that the Castros have been killers forever. So, yeah, so yeah, no that difference. is true. I mean, that, or I should say, we certainly are uh, we feel like that's in the historical record. That is for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, everybody does business with these. That was the same thing with like Gaddafi and Hussein. Hussein was our ally at one point. What changed? You know, why was all of a sudden he's like the worst guy in the world? You have to get rid of him. He didn't do nine eleven. So they they just do this stuff. That, and Saudi Arabia has the worst <laughs> civil rights or human rights policies ever. The most unwomen friendly policies ever. Yet. Uh, nobody on the left or the right is calling for a boycott uh, of Saudi Arabia or investigation into all their influences into our policies and uh, and our past. So, yeah, hypocrisy abounds. And I feel like I didn't um, get to my clips because I was talking about Paul derailed me a little bit. And I had to <laughs> I had to talk about the media because the media is so in the news. I really want people to know how I come up with what I believe and what I don't believe. So let's just do some tweets, and if I can be forgiven to push the clips down back a little bit, uh, I would like that. Do we have any more um, tweets? I'll take anything, any subject that people uh, are fired up about. Yeah, Ricky Bobby tweets that he likes that Session defended the war-making powers of Congress to the Secretary of Defense, Panetta. Does he have the same influence in his current position? Yes, I have that clip. I'm going to play later in the show. I uh, I really wanted people to hear that because it shows, in my mind, what um, the what's scary about Sessions to the liberals that we that that I think when you listen to Sessions, he's such a good lawyer. He understands the Constitution. He's been around a long time. I don't think he would tolerate too much nonsense, which is why when Al Franken asked him this ridiculous question, he kind of started laughing because it was like, what kind of a stupid question is that? You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> you know. So let's let's get to all that at the bottom of the hour. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 
but CNN just published a story alleging that the intelligence community provided documents to the president-elect last week that included information that, quote, Russian operatives claimed to have compromising personal and financial information about Mr. Trump. These documents also allegedly stated, quote, there was a continuing exchange of information during the campaign between Trump surrogates and intermediaries for the Russian government. Now, again, I'm telling you this is it's coming out, so, uh, you know. But if it's true, it's obviously extremely serious. And if there is any evidence that anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign communicated with the Russian government in the course of this campaign, what will you do? Senator Franken, I'm not aware of um, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I did have, not have communications with the Russians, um, and I'm unable to comment on it. I mean, to me, that was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I didn't have anything to do with that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I just, um, I mean, it was so clear I, to me. And so, but listen to this. This is, so that, he did rub elbows with the Russian ambassador a couple of times last year. It was totally innocuous. There's no, they're not even accusing him. That's going to be the next question. Of doing anything. Have you, you ever know, rubbed elbows with a right. Russian? <laughs> because it doesn't matter if you did or not, just if you tell the truth about it. But here, so listen to how Pelosi uh, characterizes this. Listen to Pelosi. The General of the United States lied under oath to his colleagues in the Senate and to the American people about his communications with the Russians. There are standards of professional conduct for attorneys especially the top law enforcement officer in our country. What is the message that that sends to the country, to the lawyers in the State Department, to the American Bar Association, which has standards of moral, of professional conduct, to the state of Alabama, which has standards for professional conduct for its attorneys? The fact that the attorney general, the top cop in our country, lied under oath to the American people is grounds for him to resign, is grounds for him to resign. He has proved that he is unqualified and unfit to serve in that position of trust. It is insane that she is characterizing what appears to me to be a throwaway comment for a bizarrely worded question that way when Eric Holder Absolutely. I did a lot of work with this around Operation Fast and Furious. It is, uh, he said to the Senate, they said, when did you hear about this? He said a couple of weeks ago. There was memos with his name on it from months before that, which came out later. He was later held in contempt of Congress for withholding evidence that still to this day he never provided. And he did not resign. And Pelosi didn't insist that he resign. And, And Janet Reno, similarly, was charged although it was never brought to a vote, with contempt of Congress for withholding evidence. So this idea that that throwaway comment rises above what Holder was clearly intentional lying, I just can't, I can't get my mind around. She's really, 
she's just beyond the pale there, beyond the pale. But uh, it just demonstrates that this is all political grandstanding, obviously, and we are probably not going to get anywhere. Um, after the break, I want to, well, I, I want to, I want to play that clip for you of Jeff Sessions uh, just riding Leon Panetta. It's such a great clip because they're both obviously guys who are not used to taking crap from people and do not back down. But Sessions has the high road. You know, Sessions is defending the Constitution. And although Sessions is no libertarian, and I'm sure he's going to do a lot of stuff that I would not approve of, ha- hearing somebody defend the Constitution like that, um, it was really epic. So I want to get to that. I, uh, Andre, I want to get to your call after the break, Andre. He says comparing Cuba to Russia There is no comparison. So he wants to counter what the last caller said. I absolutely love setting the record straight or at least getting other opinions. It is 60 and sunny outside the studio and 8 on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. You can call 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. It's a man A man Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Some sort of legal basis. We worried about international legal basis, but nobody worried about the fundamental constitutional uh, legal basis that this Congress has over war. We were not asked uh, stunningly in, in direct violation of the War Powers Act whether or not you believe it's Constitution, it certainly didn't comply with it. We spent our time worrying about the U.N., the Arab League, NATO, and too little time, in my opinion, worried about the elected representatives of the United States. Rarely do politicians acknowledge that Congress has the war power. It really really irritates me because uh, they're supposed to have a declaration of war. It's totally unconstitutional to look to the president to make those decisions for good reason. And they call the president always commander in chief. He's commander in chief when called into actual service by the Congress. And uh, now I, I, my guess is I didn't research it, but that sessions goes along with the authorization to use force and that kind of thing. And some of the other uh, clearly, defensive, if you want to say that, actions. He was really beating up Panetta because Panetta was talking about in a coordinated action where a bunch of countries gang up on another country, like Libya, that's what they were talking about. He doesn't go to Congress. He goes to the international community. And Panetta would not back down, but Sessions would not back down. And uh, I thought that was heartening. Now, I think Sessions is one of those people, seems to me, where he believes you can take a really loose reading of the Fourth Amendment, that he's into the surveillance state and all that kind of stuff uh, as a security measure. I would say that that it does not please me. And some of the other things, if he cracks down on marijuana in states that have passed laws legalizing it, I wouldn't like that. That's a violation of the Tenth Amendment. I really care about the Tenth Amendment. So, uh, you know, he's not he's not a libertarian. He's not my guy. But in this case, I think he would be a formidable opponent for if the Russian thing is just uh, trumped up, which it seems to be to me. Now, I would love an investigation. I would love the states 
to thoroughly vet the election process in their states, because I think there is tons of election fraud. I want to see, I want to put my little piece of paper in a shoebox and sit with the shoebox until it gets to City Hall and somebody counts it in front of me and they write it down. I want that. And until I get that, I think uh, there are problems with the election process, but uh, I don't think it's Russia. (laughs) I don't. Uh, But I will say when people call for popular vote, that will mean that the elections have to be overseen by the feds because you would be affecting other people's votes. If your state wants to squander their electoral votes by letting illegals vote and everybody's kind of okay with it, that's one thing. But if it's if it's an, a national popular vote, the election would be run by the federal government, and boy, that's when it's hijacked. That's when you can really have a banana republic. So on that note, I want to go to some calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, you could tweet at me. We're going to get some tweets in a minute at Monica Perez Show. I want to go to Andre and Conyers. Hi, Andre. You're on with Monica. Hey, how you doing, Monica? Good. How you doing? Yeah, the reason I called, uh, you had a caller uh, call in and compared Russia to Cuba. And I just don't think they're the same. I think that's comparing apples to oranges. I mean, although you could say they're both dictators and they both had, you know, have done some bad things in their country, Cuba has never been, in my opinion, or that I know of, uh, trying to take over other countries like uh, Russia did with Crimea and Georgia. Um, You know, you just don't have the same kind. And and then also, was it right before the 2012 election? Governor Romney, uh, during a debate, has said that Russia was probably our yes. greatest threat. Mm-hmm. And every Republican across <laughs> the land team, uh, seemed to agree with that. And they were saying that, you know, how oh, Putin's kicking sand in Obama's face and Putin's doing this. But now it seems like, okay, Putin's our friend. You know, uh, I saw Putin. I, I was trying to get to that earlier. I had a call earlier where out of nowhere, Putin was. Uh, kind of made a hero in the alternative right i guess or whatever you want to call it that's such a loaded expression now i can't stand it but the what he i was even falling for it for a while because that crimea thing really did the u.s he probably leaked the tape but the u.s assistant secretary of state victoria newland authorized the coup in the Ukraine, arranged the coup in the Ukraine to oust the democratically elected government because they decided to make an economic deal with Russia rather than Europe. And then when when the, the government was basically collapsing, Putin allowed Crimea to vote whether they wanted to go with Russia, which was not collapsing, and Crimea is where his military base is. So I don't I think he was right on Crimea, but you you got to watch out for then saying this guy is always right or he's a good guy or any of that. I, I think exactly. you have to be cautious about that. I just wanted to clarify that, Andre. I know it's not exactly what you're talking about. But that being said, um, yeah, the Cuba thing, I look at the Cuba thing as it's just really a question of free trade. Do you as a country, you know, as a citizen, authorize your government to make moral judgments on other countries and whether or not you're going to trade with them based on their political system? You know, that's a question. What do you think? What's the answer? Uh, well, you probably know. Yeah, I mean, I just do you that. think that we should 
not we should we boycott Russia or boycott China or boycott Cuba because we don't like how their government treats their own people? Like, what's your opinion? No, no, I, I, I truly don't think so because at times I don't like the way our government treats our people. So you know, <laughs> right. boycott U.S. products. Right. So I mean, uh, and to kind of Trump not. To kind of paraphrase Trump, hey, we all got bad people, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I yeah, and wanna... I, uh, you know, I'm a libertarian, so I'm an individualist. My parents won't buy from China. I can understand not buying from Cuba. I might think twice about buying from Cuba. I might dig into that a little bit if it truly is what my parents would say, slave labor. When you hear about people in China jumping out of windows, you know, for um, in the Apple <laughs> iPhone factory, I mean, you kind of might want to dig in and see if those stories are true, and then wonder if you really want to buy that iPhone. I think that's a legitimate moral pursuit. Well, I'm not. That's you know. true. That's true. Yeah, but I don't know if I would trust my government who would could sell that kind of power for their own personal gain. The individuals in government could sell that kind of power. I don't think I want my government saying I can't tr- tr- trade with China or Cuba or Russia. Right. Right. I, I don't I don't think they should. I, you know, I, I think trade is good for, for all countries. Um, but again, I just you know, I just. At this point, I just don't see how Russia has all of a sudden become our friend and we're just going to, you know, trust Putin to, you know, just get along with us. And and because somehow uh, President Trump is now in office, that Putin is just now, you know, okay, well, I like, you know, I like America now and I have no problems with America. I just don't think uh, that's the case. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I think that uh, we need to. Proceed with caution. I would also say let's not try to antagonize people. I don't know why Pence went to Europe and said, you guys have to start spending more on defense. They, 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 you know, it sounds like pay your fair share in NATO, but they're really saying build up defense. Trump just came out and said he wants the biggest Navy that that there's ever that we've ever had the greatest um, increase in naval spending. You know, you're not fighting ISIS with the Navy. So what's that all about? Our defense spending is very high, and he wants the highest defense expansion ever. I mean, I, I think it's if it's just rhetoric, if it's just game playing. I'm not so worried, but there seem you know, and I keep I kept thinking that that that's where it was, but this stuff is getting real, and I'm I. You know, I'm cautious about that, about antagonizing. You know, what are they poking the bear? Let's see, though. Anyway, I want to I want to go to Michael. Hi, Michael. You're on with Monica. Yes. Uh, concerning all of these things that are being thrown at Trump and his cabinet and his presidency, I actually think that the same people that voted for Trump, that collectively from East Coast to West Coast, grouped together on their own conscience and using common sense that voted him into the office would have a groundswell on anything that would take place against his presidency, his his cabinet members, anyone that he's going to appoint. Enough is enough on delaying him to do what he needs to do as president of the country. That is why people who didn't vote prior got out and voted and saying, we can't have her, Hillary, in as president because she's as corrupt as they come. And if something like that should approach him 
on what you were saying a moment ago, like Pelosi was saying, uh, well, on whoever that person was that you were citing, well, that's grounds for him for dismissal. And what she was really wanting to say, well, that's grounds for him for being in jail. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot to say later on. She called for an investigation into Jeff Sessions on that throwaway comment. But let me just tell you, Michael, you're touching on something that is freaking me out. The way I was just telling Andre that the Russian thing, if it's all politics, okay, that's one thing. If you're poking the bear and uh, egging people on to build up their defense, their weapons and moving uh, Operation Atlantic Resolve, where we're moving troops up against the Russian border, look that one up. These things are uh, serious and a little bit scary. And and what you're touching on about there's um, a video that Binkley sent me of Keith Oberman called, you know, it's this hashtag resist thing. And it's a whole video that says he must go. And the first thing he says, he meaning Trump must go. And the first reason he gives is because he doesn't believe in democracy. So this guy's is calling for a coup on the basis of Trump not being uh, respecting democracy, it's so paradoxical. But that, but what, and then this stuff that came out today, Obama is tapping my phone or taps my phone, and then news that Valerie Jarrett and Obama are teaming up to kind of have a counter government, whatever. It all sounds silly and like a distraction and like a reality show. However, we have been witnessing a couple of years now of genuine civil unrest being propagated from the top and uh instead of our government trying to help with harmony and civil uh, accord they're promoting discord what if it's real what if we're looking at civil unrest what happens then and i'll tell you i will tell you (laughs) sorry michael i'm coming up against a break so i'm going to tell you what happens then what happens then is everybody calls for or it's plausible to claim that people are calling for a more authoritarian government, a crackdown, emergency powers, suspension of rights. That uh, That's what you can really institute a surveillance state, a censorship state, a police state when you have this kind of civil unrest. Same thing with when you have war. You know, I'm worried that we are truly, that they're actually going to lead us uh, towards true you know, hot conflict uh, and and then we're going to have this transition in uh, in our society. I mean, I don't mean to be an alarmist, but I'm trying not to be. But it just seems like the signs, there are signs that this could be real. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. 62 is the high today, 37 the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are back talking about, uh, I do eventually, I know we're going to play this game so many times. I'm going to call it, but Obama did it because I played a clip earlier of Nancy Pelosi calling for Jeff Sessions' resignation first and foremost and an investigation of how he lied to Senator Franken on the floor about his contacts with the Russians, which she can't – if she believes that, even just based on what you heard on the show, if if she believes that, she's uh, not functioning right. She's, like, mentally uh, impaired. She has dementia. Like, she is not – cannot believe it. So – but there were things that – Eric Holder did where he he absolutely documented with intent. I would say is the that is, I, I would say it's up to him to prove 
against evidence that it was not intentional and knowing he lied to Congress about Operation Fast and Furious to the Senate and was held in contempt for withholding evidence. And she didn't call for his resignation. So anyway, uh, I guess there's just going to we're going to have that back and forth for the duration. I'm going to Jesse in Cleveland. Jesse, you're on with Monica. Yeah, Monica. Yes. Um, Last year, there were three or four men in North Georgia arrested for advocating overthrowing the government. There were also last year four rangers, I believe, arrested and prosecuted for planning to overthrow the government. What You know the definition of sedition, obviously. Why is Soros, Obama, Holder, and the rest of those openly advocating overthrowing the U.S. government, a duly elected government, why are they not already in prison? That's interesting. I mean, what Keith Olbermann is doing, I don't know what, what crosses the line of free press. I mean, if you're not allowed to cry fire in a movie theater, if that, if you don't have freedom of speech to do that, uh, is, I don't know. You know, I was never a fan of the anti-sedition laws because there's a fine line between uh, revolution, which I guess, uh, or resistance. But when they... You know, let's not give up yet on the process of the government. I mean, I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I actually don't believe this government can be salvaged on its own terms. But I am not a fan of either side really trying to overthrow the government at this point. But uh, I think what those resist videos saying Trump must go and being disseminated in hand in hand with these uh, telling people how to protest, telling people where to go, things that turn ugly. Then they, they maybe put agents provocateur, like we heard on the uh, project Veritas hidden tapes where the guys at Hillary's campaign were sending people to start fights, training old ladies, how to get punched in the face. You know what I'm saying? So they really are. I mean, I hear your point. They are doing that stuff. What do you think the answer is? And they're not, and they're not hiding it. They're out in the open. Openly advocating overthrowing of our government. And what do you think is behind that? Like, why do you think it's it's unfolding this way? Oh, I think the powers that be don't don't want Donald Trump to succeed. Obviously, uh, he's going to wreck their their gravy train. I I I mean, there's a chance of that. I also think that they they seem to want real civil conflict. They seem I to agree. want us to fight in the streets. I mean, it's it's really disturbing because I a year ago I would say this is all uh, just for show, but I'm starting to worry. You know. All right, so, I have to go. My battery's sorry. yelling at me. Uh. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> I was I was so Binkley. What do you think? I mean, do you think that this could get real? Like I said earlier, hot war versus a cold war. Hot is like a shooting war. Cold war is you build up defense. I think it could get real. I think that they want conflict. I don't know what uh, war in this day and age with technology in our country would look like. but I think if I had to put my money on something, it would be they want the conflict so they can have the crackdown. And it's not Trump or Obama. It's behind that. It's the shadow government. It's that, that government which is forever, you know, above it all. But not to be too scary. I still have optimism, but I think that at this point... I'm considering that a possibility, which I really was not considering before. I'm going to get to Beverly after the break. She wants to tell me I'm wrong. The Navy is fighting ISIS. Give me a call, 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Please, take my hand. Now, open your mind.
that but what it was was if you remember the hot mic episode where obama was talking to the president um medvedev i think his name was uh who was like the fake president of russia between putin's two terms and obama said it was in march of 2012 and he said to him they were talking about missile defense and putting missiles in europe and stuff and he said I know it's important to you, basically, but uh, I will have more flexibility after my election, like, to work with you. So, and then the president of Russia says, okay, I'll tell Vladimir, <laughs> which I thought was more of the story. It's like, really? Could you imagine if Trump said, uh, okay, I'll tell Bannon? <laughs> you know? You'd be like, oh, okie dokie. People would freak out. <laughs> People would freak. Um so, but what he was saying was, he was saying that uh, he wanted the voters to have a different impression of his national security decisions, and that he would work with Russia about it behind the scenes. I mean, to me, if you're going to ask for a resignation or an investigation about contact with the Russians, that's the kind of thing that has real meat. But this is Monica Perez. I am the Libertarian Voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSV every Saturday from 3 to 6 coming soon. But today I am on till 7, so we've, we are well into this conversation. And it's been so lively and interesting. Uh, we started talking about the Jeff Sessions being recusing himself from any of this Russian uh, election interference. And I want to explore that a little bit. Um, Binkley, before that, though, if people are just tuning in and want to catch up with the podcast uh, after we publish it, um, tell them the best way to do that and if they want to uh, hear our other stuff. Go to PropagandaReportDaily.com and subscribe by clicking on the little apple on the right. We're being suppressed on YouTube, so we need all the subscribers we want. Or we and need your vote count. Yeah. Not only have they demonetized or like stopped ads because they don't like the titles that you put on it, but didn't they stop your your view count too? That's happened. Yeah, to me. I, I, they they held my view count. Like I know it's so 30. weird. The one time it happened to me over and over again was when I did a video called "Paul Ryan is not a libertarian." Like how? <laughs> wait, you know, you think he even he used to kind of want it to sound like a libertarian? He totally. Totally is not. But I kept saying, like, why do you keep messing with my view count? And then they would, like, let it go again, and then it would stop again. So, anyway, I'm sure I have 50 million views on that, but it only registers 50. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. But uh, I want to get to some calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You could tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. But I do, Binkley, first, um, before we lose the thread, what we were talking about right before the break uh, was – this this idea it's kind of complicated so let me try to make it simple you're hearing stuff right now like the the news that you're hearing at the top of the hour today is that trump said oh i just found out obama was 
tapping me at Trump Tower. And then, like, yesterday, there was an article, like, Valerie Jarrett moved in with Obama, which I, I, I don't know if that's <laughs> strictly correct. I don't know how we're supposed to interpret that. Uh, there were other other things that are um, that are definitely true about or I should say are not disputed about Obama being in the fray here and really caring about the people uh, and what's going on in this country, which I find hard to believe. I mean, I think that he probably needs two years to recuperate just anyway. Like, I really do think that about these guys. They just need to shut down, and they should because it's it's kind of bad manners to infringe on a new administration. I mean, the tone in this country as far as civil – uh, how our, our civics work has really just degenerated to what this idea of this pathocracy where the government works against you. They are clearly promoting discord. But I would say when I'm looking at this, I look at, at the Trump versus Obama thing, this polarization, like there are two camps. And I look, Binkley, at the video you sent me of Keith, Keith Oberman, who's doing the resist videos, the one that you sent me that said – uh, maybe on the break we can tweet it. Uh, I'll tweet it. But it said it starts with he must go. And he just does this litany. He <laughs> must go because he must go because. And it gets actually preposterous by the end because he's like, he must go. And then he like has a super complicated story of how he was rude to the um, his, you know, laundrette, you know, something like it, because because you don't yell at someone for folding your shirt wrong in the middle of the night in a basement <laughs> in New York City and on a t- Tuesday. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? I never heard that story. I mean, the, the video gets preposterous, but in the very beginning, and there are many of these videos, but in the very beginning, he says he must go because he doesn't believe in the democratic process, which is like hypocrisy that's beyond comprehension given that he's calling for a coup against a, uh, uh, an elected government because uh, he doesn't like them, which is the complete contravention of democracy. But this is where the rubber hits the road and pulls together something I've been observing for years and just could not figure out. Really came to a head with Ted Cruz not providing his parents' citizenship status upon his birth. Because there was there were claims that both of his parents were citizens of Canada when he was born, because they were on the voter rolls, and that was during a time when Canada did not allow dual citizenship with the United States. So he could have put that issue to rest, and he didn't, or maybe the issue was real. But either way, it raised to me the specter of legitimacy problems, and it made me think, why would Republicans not want to vet this completely? Why is legitimacy something that they're letting hang around like that? And I noticed that Obama had a legitimacy question. People think he was Kenyan, you know. And then, I mean, Trump was a Obama birther, they say. Uh, and then Bush had the hanging Chad. And um, Wait, the, the hanging Chad was in Florida where he, when he was against Gore, and they didn't know who won the election, they had to decide whether a hanging Chad was an indication of a vote. Like that the little Chad, the little white piece of paper didn't fall out of the hole you poked. Does your vote count? Or does oh, that wow. piece of paper that's what it came down to, the hanging Chad. So that's quite a the, name. Yeah, that's what I think of uh Bush is the hanging Chad. <laughs> so um 
And even, I mean, you could probably go back and say Clinton was a like the only minority president because he was or elected by a minority because he was like 43 or 44 percent of the vote. But but really, there were genuine legitimacy. There was genuine legitimacy conflict over Bush, Obama. Uh, there would have been with Cruz. And now they're using legitimacy with Trump as a way to justify civil unrest, because these are people who supposedly believe in government. But that's why they're saying not my president. So I feel like all of this is about conflict, real conflict, polarization, two camps. Now, is that just going to be used to keep everybody's eye off the ball for real policy issues? Is it going to be used to keep the eye off the ball or even have people welcome a, a police state, more surveillance, all that kind of stuff, because people get afraid of civil unrest? Or are we really going to have civil unrest, which will bring that stuff down, crashing down on us? I mean, I'm still hoping that it's uh you know, like what I feel like is going on in the global sphere where we're saying there's war coming, you know, is that just to get people to spend a bunch of money on defense and please the banksters? Or is it real? Is there really a war coming? I mean, I'm worried that the signs are there for, you know, this two camps in in our country, one behind Obama, one behind Trump. I see that. I think they already think we're at war. I think some of these people who believe that Trump is a Russian (laughs) <laughs> I think they already think that we've we've been overtaken. So the coup has already happened yeah. and that we need to fight back with the last dance. And they call it the resistance, which really makes me mad because that was my word. <laughs> <laughs> I was I wanted to lead the resistance against uh, not Obama specifically, but against a government that that didn't that no longer adhered to the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Let me take a quick call. Uh, I'm going to Beverly in Douglasville. Hey, Beverly, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, you, you might want to check your facts on uh, the Navy not fighting ISIS. Uh, had yeah, a relative I, I didn't mean to say that. I, I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have just generally said the Navy is not fighting ISIS. I understand that they can send that stuff over into the Gulf, but I do not believe that it's justification for the biggest Navy we've ever had. I think that goes to something else. Well, you know, we don't deploy, if we're not going to deploy um, the Army, then we have to use the boats in the Middle East to send the, the Navy planes to do the uh, bombing on ISIS. And that's yeah, that no, I from. hear you. And, I, and I'm thinking that I, I my guess is that ISIS, given that we spend whatever it is, six, seven, eight hundred billion dollars a year on defense and we have such a strong navy that that takes care of that problem but i read in the new york times a zbigniew brzezinski article uh just a couple of days ago maybe it was a couple of weeks ago where he says that uh president trump knows the power of business he said the united states should make clear to russia that any military incursion into europe including the little green men tactics seen at the beginning of the conflict in eastern ukraine would incur a punitive blockade of Russia's maritime access to the West that would affect nearly two-thirds of all Russian seaborne trade. So if, Brzezinski, when you do a blockade or um, sanctions is less serious than a blockade, I mean, that's what got Japan to bomb Pearl Harbor. I mean, a blockade is serious business. And whether you're right or wrong, you're probably a step closer, a big step closer to war. So what Brzezinski is calling for us to use our Navy to blockade two-thirds of Russian seaborne trade. So for that, you might need 
the biggest Navy that ever uh, that we've ever had. But I don't think we need that for ISIS. But I'm open to argument. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. Increasing clouds tomorrow, high of 66. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I have a McDonald's weekend prize pack to lighten the mood a little bit on this Saturday evening. I have a four-pack of tickets to the Game of Thrones live concert experience on March 14th at Phillips Arena. Wow. I know. I love this stuff. I mean, when they have the hockey. Oh, it is. They do have the hockey. No. Oh, yeah, it is. This is hockey. I love the hockey. Produced by Live Nation and a family four-pack of tickets to an Atlanta Gladiators home game at the Infinite Energy Arena. So the first to call 404-741-0750 gets that. I used to, I lived in Dallas. My husband worked for the Dallas Stars the year they won the Stanley Cup. So uh, I just became a huge hockey fan. It's so great. Really? Yes. And the dingier, the better. Once they got the big, like, arena with all the concessions and everything, like the super bright, I just did not like that. I liked it yeah, when they play on could, ice cubes. Yeah, you could kind of stand in the aisles with your margarita and just you know, <laughs> I liked that. Then it got all you know clean. You could really see the blood on the ice, and it was just <laughs> so. <laughs> but I am a huge fan of the of hockey. Anywho, let's uh, let me let me take a call four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Mark in Sandy Springs. Hi, Mark. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Yeah, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. What you got? You're on the air. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> it's my opinion that Trump is going to try to make sure that he is the last elected president in America. Tell me more. He's just like Mussolini and Hitler. Um, I think he's trying to destroy the process so that um, his people will be the, the so that he's nobody will be elected after him. So he's going to be um, a dictator for life. Is that what you think? That's what I think. So let me ask you a question. Do you think he's the mastermind of this plan? No, I think I think he's hired a think tank somewhere, and this is what they came up with. I can follow you down that rabbit hole, but I will tell you that if that is the rabbit hole that we're in right now, I uh, my opinion would be that he is the front man for a cabal, let's call it in Churchill's word, the high cabal that really runs things behind the scenes. That was his word for the shadow government. If, uh, if that's what's coming down the pipe, it's because of he's the puppet. He's not the, the brain behind it. I, I think, cause it's just too complicated and it, and, and I cannot get out of my mind how the press on both sides of the aisle supported his claim to be a hardcore outsider. I mean, it was such simple reverse psychology to get people to love him by saying that CNN hated him. And then CNN, you know, in that process, gave him billions of dollars of free PR, which he himself would say any any publicity is good publicity. 
Well, that's why I called. I, I kind of figured that you would take me deeper into the rabbit hole. Um, and it's, it's, um, uh, that's an interesting point. Um, but we shall see. We'll see. Yeah, what it's happens. possible. And I, and I did notice that there are a couple of things that I find coming together. Normally I just think, Oh, this is a psyop. That's a false flag. I'm not even going to spend my time thinking about Obama tapping Trump tower, but so many things are falling together in like under one roof that I'm starting to be a little concerned. And I'll tell you, one of the things is this idea that maybe we really are headed to war, which, by the way, when you're talking about people like Mussolini, Hitler, Stalin, they were all involved in big wars. These are guys whose countries now, you know, war accompanies this kind of totalitarianism wherever, uh, you know, in one way or another. And one of, I mentioned this before, I think, but it's a complicated idea or um, nobody ever talks about it, so I'm going to repeat it, that Mussolini had this idea, I don't know if he invented it or what, but of autarky, where this was like a, a backbone of the fascist thing of corporate government continuum, which I call it, where it's not just that the government and the corporations are in bed together, it's that he wanted all the manufacturing, all the production to be done at home so that you could be a closed society, a totally independent society. And why would you really need that? You would only need that under a war circumstance. So when I hear Trump and those guys say we want to bring manufacturing back home for jobs and everything, it's kind of funny to me because – the people who had those jobs are kind of aging out of the workforce, and the young people who do need jobs are coming of age into a workforce that could, in a free market, um, give them jobs in tech, in entertainment, in, uh, in stuff like that, which is much higher profit stuff, and it's export-oriented industries. If it, just the free market alone, if you just got out of the way – would give us more industry, more, more employment for the youth, and it would be more profitable. There'd be more wealth, but it would require openness. Whereas if you want manufacturing, that really, to me, feels like you know a, a, something that might hint at war. Plus, Pence went over and told NATO to build up their arms. It sounded like pay your fair share, but he didn't say give us some money. He said buy defense, buy weapons. And... Uh, I just read in the paper that KT McFarland asked for, she's supposedly the deputy national security advisor, but she might be wearing the pants for now, asked for a plan uh, reassessing our relationship with North Korea, including uh, the possibility of a military strike on Pyongyang, uh, the capital. And this was in the Wall Street Journal. It was quite alarming. So when you're looking at stuff like that, I got to wonder if this isn't, going to get real you know am i too far down the rabbit hole now no not at all as a matter of fact when you speak of war um look at what we've done in the past with ruby ridge waco kent state um they went to war with the government and what did they do they killed them all it, it's um the government will be so powerful that those who resist um, yeah. I'm just going to end up dead. And if it's and if they can uh, activate people, regular people on both sides, you can have that kind of conflict everywhere. And then what do you want? People are going to call for a crackdown. They're going to uh, allow emergency powers. War does the same thing. This is what I'm worried about. And this is why Chris Chandler says that when he listens to my show, sometimes he has to crawl under the bed. <laughs> 
I scare him. <laughs> anyway, I hope I'm not scaring you. Tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. You got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. So I've been getting some calls. People think that Obama is trying to hack into my microphone and uh, keep us from having this conversation. (laughs) Actually, we are having technical difficulties. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to power through it. They are working on it. Hopefully we can have it resolved right away. I know it's, it's been going on for a while. I'm sorry about that. But uh, I do not believe that it is. Um, I don't think it is coming out of the rabbit hole. Could be. But I don't think so. Some guys in black suits and sunglasses. Did you say I did too. see that weird helicopter? Right, yeah. you could, it was almost invisible. Right by the window. Right outside the window. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it had a force field around it. I really don't know. But I'm super sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I <clears throat> so we've been we have been down the rabbit hole. So let's see. Let's just see where. Where this conversation takes us. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. At Monica Perez Show is my Twitter handle. It's actually worth signing up for Twitter just to have these conversations. I really only use Twitter to communicate with people who I follow and who follow me directly. I really don't use it as like a news feed. So, Binkley, what uh, what are they? What are It's tweets, right? People who follow you. Yeah. Yeah. What's up with the tweets? Dean... Tweet, uh, the tweet, Dean, he says... <laughs> He's one of my favorite tweets. That's right. He says, they want conflict for the same reason they seek it in other countries, to divide and conquer. Yes. Yes. It's as simple as that. But the conquer part is what's bothering me. It's not... Uh, I'm right. not sure it's the Algis Huxley take a Prozac and watch soap operas kind of conquer. I think it might be the George Orwell boot on the neck forever, stomping on a human face forever kind of conquest, just because I see... The police state stuff rising and surveillance state censorship. I don't know. It bums me out. Uh, I am going to go to Pamela in Stone Mountain. Hi, Pamela. You're on with Monica. Hey. Hello, Monica. Hi. Um, I just want to back up a bit and talk about this uh, Russian hacking hysteria. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am totally flabbergasted that some of the most brilliant conservative minds have fallen prey to the leftist strategy of defaming and deflecting because Mm. uh, nobody, not the most brilliant, wonderful, conservative talk show people, nobody has mentioned that it was actually what was in the email. Yes, I mentioned it. When did you mention it? At the beginning of the show, I said... Putin hacked into, supposedly hacked into emails that said true stuff. Well, thank you. I didn't hear that. <laughs> and, and I have been listening to so many people over the last two or three weeks. And it just frustrates me that there was, they couldn't get traction with the recount. They couldn't get traction with threatening the lives of the electors. But somehow they'd gotten traction with Russia because they have totally deflected off the fact that there was global corruption that was involved. Look, Pamela, I got to tell you something. It's not it's beyond what you're saying in that the right is is playing into it. I, I want to give you three. I want to read three. Are. Yeah, let me read three lines to you. I read uh, this was 
I, I think I normally say, yeah, recuse yourself. Who cares? I think he should not have because of all people, Jeff Sessions could have put an end to this nonsense. And that's why they went after him on this completely ridiculous thing. But listen to what these two Republicans said. Senators, Republican senators, which is they should have a little more uh, sense than this. Senator Lindsey Graham, oh. <laughs> my, one of my least favorites. Said, if there is something there and it goes up the chain of investigation, it is clear to me that Jeff Sessions, who is my dear friend, watch out for that line, (laughs) cannot make this decision about Trump. I mean, that and then he says uh, a special prosecutor might be needed. That's really a serious allegation, which I uh, if any. I, 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 for for Graham to impugn his character like that, I'll throw all the politicians into the same basket of you can't trust them. But if anyone could be trusted on this, uh, you know, I would give Jeff Sessions at least the benefit of the doubt. I want evidence of why Lindsey Graham thinks Jeff Sessions is incapable of objectivity. And I'm going to read you one more, Pamela. I'm going to read you this one from Senator Bob Portman in Ohio, another Republican. Jeff Sessions is a former colleague and a friend. Yeah, with friends like this. But I think it would be best for him and for the country to recuse himself. I don't, because he would put a stop to this. And the Wall Street Journal has been doing it. I'm not even going to read you the other stuff, because it's straight out of the Wall Street Journal, completely misleading. But I'm going to let you get a word in edgewise, Pamela. Well, I just I just wish that there, if you can, if I didn't hear you say it, if you could just say it on a regular basis, <laughs> almost, almost okay. as they go back to it. And get somebody else drawn into this scenario and this hysteria. Yes, I mean it. What was it was almost like Russia did us a favor if, in fact, they did that. Well, what I said, what I said earlier, and and I and you can get. I will reiterate it. If people do want to hear the podcast from the beginning, that's always fun, I think, because there's so much to miss. Um, I put it up on my website, PropagandaReportDaily.com, probably on Tuesday or Wednesday. But what I was saying was uh, Russia hacked in, let's say, I don't even believe it, but I think it was leaked and not hacked into. I think it was leaked out but and revealed real things. And then the other allegation is that they promoted fake news. And I'm saying, what's the difference between what our mainstream media does all day long. The Washington Post had verifiably fake stories about Russia recently, and they hack and leak all the time, or at least publish stuff that is. They're always talking about sources unauthorized to comment. What's that? So they there's nothing different between their attempts to influence the election and this. Yes, it's a foreign power, but who is George Soros? Who is Rupert Murdoch? You know, they got the little uh, I Love America card in their pocket, but uh, they, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe they have mixed loyalties. So anyway, thank you so much for the call, it Pamela. Is, it is really scary how successful they are. And there's not been one single reference to the corruption of the candidate that was defeated. Not one reference. Well, there there were at the time. But I will say uh, I was disgusted with The Wall Street Journal. Now I will read it. Um It said, this was the article I read, Jeff Sessions used political funds for Republican convention expenses. This is the title, and the subtitle is, Records show Attorney General used campaign account for travel expenses to Cleveland, where he met Russian envoy. And this is, this, so I thought that this was saying Jeff Sessions used Trump campaign funds to meet these guys, which really would have been serious. But it was his own senatorial reelection campaign which you only find out halfway through that article it's absolutely 
This was the Wall Street Journal, and that's that's what I'm saying. If you think you're going to get what what's going on, why are they playing into this? Now, that's when I start to wonder if they're just loving the diversion so they can uh, flub Obamacare appeal, you know, and not focus on because that's what's going down right now. The Obamacare repeal is crashing and burning, and <laughs> I'm not even talking about it. Like, I normally, like, oh, look at all this propaganda. Let's talk about it. That's plays right into their hands, you know? Anyway, so thank you so much for the call, Pamela. I'm going to Alan and Marietta. Alan, you're on with Monica. Hi there. Uh, I'll make two statements, and I'll let you make a comment. Okay. We need a bigger military because we have uh, China building uh, islands in the right off their coast. We have uh, Russian trawlers off off our coast. We have Russian planes uh, buzzing our aircraft, I mean our, our ships and everything at sea. And, you know, it's just they're they're trying to start something. Then as far as the uh, leaks and everything, didn't Brezhnev say that he would destroy this country and never find a sh- fire shot? Well, and, you know, yeah. if you're the Russians, why not send your ambassador to all these people, get everybody in trouble? You know, I don't think any of these guys requested to see the Russians. I think the Russians requested to see them because they knew this would be a hot topic. If you want to destroy a country from within, cause dissent. Actually, I heard earlier, I, I didn't get a chance to verify it because it was just uh, on the radio earlier, that this, I think it was on WSB, that the the Obama administration actually set up the meeting of ambassadors in Cleveland. I have to verify that. I do think I heard it on Erickson's show, so I have to believe that it was absolutely verified. But... Uh, if that's the case, you know, it's not even like the Russians asked for it. It's maybe it was a setup or in any case, so completely run of the mill. It didn't matter. But I want to get to the first point, Alan. You said we need a bigger military. Do you think we need more military spending? Uh, a little bit more military spending. We need to. I have a, a, a brother who works for the military and the waste and everything that goes on out of the base where he works at. It's just flabbergasting me. I mean, you know, there are days where they just show up for work. They don't have any money to work. So they sit around there and play ping pong ball all day. You need, it, the military Here's the problem. needs to cut all, right. all this superfluous uh, spending. They do. Yes. At the base he works at, if they don't spend their optar, which is a military, they lose it. So you have these guys at the bases buying desks and computers oh my and gosh. cars and stuff. So they use up all their optar okay. before. You know, well, then they need... Some stress to change that because here are the numbers. Here are the numbers. Like I just pulled them off of Wikipedia, so it would be apples to apples. You can dispute me wow. on how you would measure defense spending, but let's say different countries, apples to apples. The U.S. is credited as spending five hundred and ninety-six billion dollars on defense every year, and China is uh, is listed as spending two hundred and fifteen billion. And Russia, who's the one we're focusing on. Uh, but you did lead with China, sixty-six billion. So we spend nine times as more as than Russia. We spend uh, almost three times as more than China. And I, I look yeah, at that stuff. We we don't want to end up like we did in World War II, where we had no fleet, and what we did have was destroyed. I'd much rather have the biggest fleet than I, smaller fleet that got taken out real quick. Even. Uh, you know, we won World War One and World War II, and we're able to rapidly advance, which is why I think they want to bring manufacturing back here so that we have that kind of leverage. And I understand that 
reasoning. And as, you know, I'm an anarcho-capitalist because I have no faith in the government anymore. I don't think the American experiment is going to be restored. However, if you go back to how I was raised as a, you know, hardcore libertarian, a traditional conservative, the federal government had three roles. It had the courts it had, or, or any government um, by force, courts, police, and uh, national defense. So for me, the entire federal budget should almost should simply go to defense and there should be no other taxes. There should be no other spending by the federal government. So I, I'm not one who's like, oh, we should spend it on other stuff. I'm just saying that we need to use it for defense and not we are so spread thin on trying to police the world and really not even just police the world, but make make serious safe for uh, a pipeline, you know, an oil and gas pipeline for private for private industry. I mean, that's what I think is what's spreading us so thin. I don't think we need more spending. I'm happy with us having the biggest navy in the world, the biggest everything in the world. But if we're spending more than significantly more than all of our possible competitors combined, and I actually did a post on the numbers, I'll post it during the break, then it's not a spending problem. So let's get it together. Let's make sure we have the right goal in place and uh, and use the money more wisely. Okay, uh, wrapping it up after the break, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It is 59 degrees outside and sunny weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are wrapping it up. I went a little late today because of basketball, but um, I should be back soon enough to my three to six slot. And you can always go to my website, one of my websites, to see when I'm on next, propagandareportdaily.com. And uh, let me just take one more call. I'm going to Stephen in Gainesville. Hi, Stephen. You're on with Monica. Hello? Hey, Stephen. You're on with Monica. Yes. I was uh, wanted to comment about uh, a comment that you said about the youth uh, uh, not really wanting to work. Uh, no. No, no. I didn't say. I'm So I have to clarify. I was saying to bring manufacturing jobs back for a some of those workers who were lost their jobs are are aging out of the workforce whereas these young workers who are coming into the workforce who do want to work are better suited to technology entertainment stuff that's high profitability high growth export oriented why is trump focusing on manufacturing uh, that's what I was trying to get at. For what, I mean, for one, I mean, a lot of the stuff, uh, you could get more people doing the technology, but you're not going to get nothing done without the workforce uh, uh, below doing all the actual work. And like oh, you said, I totally you, agree. you get the old uh, that are starting to retire, who's going to be filling those gaps in? Yes, I am a, a proponent. As a libertarian, I recognize uh, the value of free markets, a free society. You, If immigrants want to work for you and you want to hire them or they want to rent an apartment for you, as long as the democratic process can't be subverted by uh, people who can vote your rights away. This is my basic thing with immigration. 
in a free society, you have organic immigration. It comes into uh, it comes where it's needed. It comes to fill gaps in the labor force, gaps in the demographics. But we have a system where we have this welfare floor and uh, this indiscriminate college subsidies and stuff, which take Americans out of the workforce. People won't work, won't do those lower level jobs. Uh, and then that creates a vacuum that sucks people in from other countries who are taking those jobs at the same time you have some unemployment. But I even would take one step further and say when you look at the illegal immigrants who are doing the lower uh, unskilled jobs, those are the ones who are helping us working. You know, I'm kind of like professional class, uh, but still I work and my husband works a lot. Any kind of working class people, they're the ones who use the illegal immigrants to supplement their work, whereas the legal, I know this is going to sound so controversial, good thing it's the end of the show, because <laughs> otherwise I get like 15 calls, people yelling at me, that if you if you invite people in, uh, you give indiscriminate educational subsidies to people and have them take English or jazz theory or whatever and then get out and have all this debt and no job, and then you have foreigners come in who thoughtfully got engineering degrees or whatever or um, could only go to school if it made financial sense, those are the guys who probably are more likely to compete with your kids to get into good schools or your kids to get those kind of jobs. I think that uh, this focus on policy, on controlling the flows of people in and out like that, of controlling what industry we have, controlling that it's manufacturing over technology, meeting with individual companies to pick and choose what, uh, you know, how to manipulate the law, you know, that kind of stuff I do not, I don't go for. So if you're still there, Stephen, I'm welcome to, yeah. <laughs> happy to hear your re- re- response. Uh, it's like, like me, I, I drive a truck in Atlanta, uh, uh, hauling dirt, gravel, pretty much everything. And I'm still getting out of my truck and helping out on the ground because we don't have enough uh, people that actually want to work. And we we try to teach them how to do the work. And for them, it's just too hard, and they're not getting paid enough. Yeah, there are tens of millions of people it's probably pushing 100 million people. It's probably 70, 80, 90 million people who are out of the workforce who could work. And maybe it's uh, being coddled. You know, at the same time, you see that there's almost 50 million people on food stamps. Maybe that's no coincidence. Then you just start to look at the cronyism. Food stamps are in the agricultural bill. It's a subsidy to big ag, to big agriculture. So all these things move together. And, uh, and then you have politicians from both sides of the aisle come in and want to tell you how they are going to use government to create jobs, use government to fix uh, this problem or that problem, bring manufacturing back. I want no no government interference in the free market for goods, services, labor, any of that stuff. And what you would end up having is the exact amount of immigration that you needed to fill your needs, and those people would integrate immediately because they would have to function economically you would not have generation upon generation in a in a subculture that like in europe they have where people are born into a culture onto welfare and they don't ever speak the language because there's a subculture it actually draws people in our system doesn't work that way although you can work it that way 
But it's a big problem over there because they never integrate. So for me, liberty is, in this case, as in all cases, always the answer. Thank you very much for the call, Stephen. I'm sure I (laughs) gave you more than you're in the mood for. (laughs) So, Binkley, what do you think? Should we wrap it up with some tweets? Where where are we going? Yeah, I got a tweet here from Richard. He says, great show. Awesome. That's a great tweet. Can I can I tell people about the weather, though? Because I think I forgot to tell them. Well, I I, um, I need to do adjust the lighting in here a little bit. You said it was sunny out a minute ago. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? I was uh, reading it off of my piece of paper because I was a little frazzled because we came in early from uh from the break so i'm gonna instead read to you what i have written down for monday i'm not i'm not a multitasker so i i don't observe my environment (laughs) and then respond to it i have a list of things you would think that i sound like a multitasker because i'm going in all directions at once but i really try to to skip stick to my bullets and today's bullet is that on monday this is gonna be more accurate it's mostly cloudy and uh 68 that is the forecast but it could change because right. it's only Saturday. I'm right about that, days. right? It's yeah. still Saturday. Okay. Uh, you can lay out your wardrobe for uh, for Monday. <laughs> yes, but the weather could change, so or the forecast could change. So listen to Weekend Weather, which is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, right here on WSB. But we have a few other things uh, that to to wrap up the podcast. Uh, this show will probably be posted Monday or Tuesday on Propaganda Report Daily, and you put it in iTunes, right? And people are gonna can subscribe to that real easily. Leave us right. some feedback. Uh, give us some ratings. Oh yes, if you like the show, then it's good for you to share it. That uh, we we get exponential growth when people share individual episodes that they like, and I like the exponential growth for really no reason but that it makes me encourages me to do more. Yeah, I, I do not see that and even covering the expenses happening anytime soon for the <laughs> podcast. But I do. Uh, so even if we got ads, it wouldn't matter. So I do uh, would like that. And we have lots of podcasts. We'll do a podcast coming up where we can get more in depth. I know I throw a lot of stuff out there. It is hard to follow. So check that out. And I will um, pretty soon be on Every Saturday from 3 to 6, I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB. This is Monica Perez.